Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Monday check-in. Today is Monday, June 29th. Uh, my name is Damon. I am one of the pastors at First Presbyterian Church, joined by... Greg, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church. Glad to be here with you. Uh, had a nice week off last week doing study leave and retreat in the mountains, and Damon had to do the Monday check-in all by himself, and it, it looked a little lonely, Damon. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, it was. I wasn't even joined by any any squirrels or anything of that nature. Which, of course, is ironic, given that you were preaching on the book Scaredy Squirrel. I know. Would have been appropriate for a squirrel to make an appearance in the Monday check-in last week. It would have been, but maybe they were all maybe they were all hiding in their trees because they were scared. Yeah, <laughs> it could be. <laughs> uh, so, for those who don't know what the Monday check-in is, uh, we it's a check-in from uh, from First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska. We spend a little bit of time, we talk about what's going on in the life of the church, share a few things uh, that we're working on that we would like folks to be aware of and, and possibly join in and participate in. And then we shift gears a little bit and we do a little sneak preview of the coming Sunday. We'll take a look at uh, the scripture, at least one of the scriptures that we're gonna use for that Sunday and and go from there. So. Greg, what do we what do we need to know? Lots lots going on in the life of our church, as is typically the case. Uh, busier summer this summer than I think we've had previous summers because of our desire to help the church stay connected in this time. So, uh, first is our uh, summer sermon series, and uh, we are this will be our fifth week, I think, of our sermon series on children's books. Yeah. So we'll be previewing one of those for you this week, and we've got one more next week, and we'll close that series out. Then we'll have Go and Serve Sunday, and then we'll have the uh, shortened version of the Summer Sermon Song Series. Still taking suggestions for that. If you have a song that you think would make a great sermon, particularly a secular song, perhaps one you listened to one time and thought, huh, I'd like to hear a sermon preached on that song. That's, um, what, that's what I'm, you know, whenever I listen to the radio or a streaming service, that's, that's a thought that always just pops into my mind. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, and uh, that's been good so far. So um, we have two different sort of reading or conversation groups that have started here at the end of June. The first is on the novel Gilead. This novel is written by Marilyn Robinson. Uh, we invite you to go ahead and, and find the novel. You can buy it on Amazon.com. We also have a few copies left sitting in the church office. You can swing by the church office and pick up a copy. Um, it's a novel written uh, as a letter from a pastor of a small town in Iowa to his son. Uh, it's a easy read in terms of uh, the accessibility, but it's got, it deals with a lot of interesting issues around faith and life and community and all sorts of things. So we invite you to pick up that book and read it. And for six weeks, we're going to be reflecting on it and we'll be alternating every other week. One week, we're going to do a podcast kind of like this one, but instead of just having to listen to me and Damon talk and talk, uh, we have three literature professors who join us for that podcast, and so we're excited about that. Uh, and then on the off weeks, we'll actually do a, a Zoom meeting book group, and so we invite you to join us for those. Uh, if you can't listen to the podcast or you can't make the Zoom meeting book groups or all of them, join us anyway. Uh, it'd be cool to think about the whole church reading the same book this summer, and it'll give us some shared experiences in this pandemic and some shared talking points to talk about from uh, some of the themes from the books, which, which, as we discovered, are theological and biblical in addition to just being good life reflections. So 
That's one. Yeah. I was Jeff, just going to say, folks can hop in anytime. Um, and if, if, the, if folks feel as though they're maybe it's too late for them to start reading, it's not. Um, so, you know, pick it up and, and join in and, and we'll go from there. So, And the podcasts are going to be available indefinitely. And so, uh, you know, you can listen to those whenever and it'll just give you some additional insight from the minds of people who think a lot differently than Pastor Damon and I think about literature. So that's a good thing. Yes. Um, the other, uh, the other summer group we're talking about is a summer conversation group on anti-racism. And so for the last three or four weeks, you've, uh, you've received an invitation from me or Pastor Damon to watch the movie Just Mercy. The movie Just Mercy is available uh, for free on a whole bunch of different uh, streaming platforms for the month of June. Today is June 29th. That means you've got two more days to watch it for free on any of these streaming platforms. Uh, and then we're going to have some, a conversation about it. And that conversation is scheduled for this Wednesday at 7 p.m. It will be done over Zoom. And so all of you are invited to join us for that conversation. Even if you didn't see the movie, tune into the conversation and, uh, and then go see the movie afterwards. Uh, that will be the start of uh, a series of conversations we're going to have around anti-racism. From that, we'll move into, uh, there's a book called The Hate You Give, also made into a movie. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll be focusing on that for a few weeks, and then we'll move into some other stuff. But uh, really, we're going to spend two months as a church community uh, talking about anti-racism and specifically grounding that in the narratives of people, um, of authors or, or the folks who have, who've written these books or, or put together these movies. So we hope you'll join us for that. I think it's going to be a, a stimulating conversation. We've got uh, Jean Harriet, who's a retired religion professor from Hastings college is going to be joining us as one of the folks to help lead those conversations. And we have four other churches in town that are participating with us in this uh, conversation group. So we do hope that you'll be able to join us for that. Uh, that'll be this Wednesday at 7 PM. Um, and then ongoing throughout the summer. So stay tuned for that. And the only other announcement I have is we do have the 4th of July coming up and uh, the church will be closed on Friday, July 3rd. So uh, you will not be able to get into the church or call the church office on Friday, July 3rd as we prepare for whatever we do to prepare for the 4th of July holiday. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> We need to get a, get an ice cream maker. I don't know. An ice cream maker. Yeah, that was that was a thing we always did. Homemade ice cream. That is yeah. that is some good stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Homemade ice cream. Actually, I think that we're going to tie that back into our conversation about the scripture in the book. By by the end of this podcast, we will bring up homemade ice cream a second time. Oh wow! Okay. Well, that's a challenge. With that, there's a little little tasty little preview of what's what's to come in the rest of this thing. Um, should we have a prayer then as we shift into that gear? Let's do that. Okay. Loving and gracious God, I ask that your presence might be with us as we um, as we continue this this journey of faith, as we continue to study your word uh, in all of the ways that that it is found, uh, all of the different ways that your wisdom comes across to us. Um, may your presence be with us. Uh, may you open our hearts and open our minds. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, so this week you mentioned, Greg, that we're continuing the children's literature series. Uh, this uh, The book for this week is a book called Grandpa's Soup, I do believe. Uh, yep. You have the 
author and publisher information, if you wouldn't mind sharing that right now. Yes. The author of Grandpa Soup is Aiko Kedona, and the publisher is uh, Eerdmans, and it's uh, their imprint for young readers, Eerdmans Books for Young Readers. Uh, and so we, uh, this will be the book that will be read as part of the Sunday service. Let's see if I can, uh, no, I can't. Uh, I was going to pull up a graphic of the cover, but the reality is the book is not available to buy anymore. So uh, we will have a copy available in the church library and we will be distributing some used copies around to uh, families of our church so that they've got it as well. Well, it's not in print, right? But folks could probably find a used copy someplace if they were. Yes. Yep. If you go on amazon.com and Google grandpa's soup book, uh, you can pick up used copies. Uh, and we're going to we'll talk a little bit more kind of about what that book is involves in a little bit. The scripture that we have or that you have actually selected for this Sunday is from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. And it reads something like this. May the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ be blessed. He is the compassionate Father and God of all comfort. He is the one who comforts us in all our trouble so that we can comfort other people who are in every kind of trouble. We offer the same comfort that we ourselves received from God. That is because we receive so much comfort through Christ in the same way that we share so many of Christ's sufferings. So if we have trouble, it is to bring you comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is to bring you comfort from the experience of endurance while you go through the same sufferings that we also suffer. Our hope for you is certain, because we know that as you are partners in suffering, you are also, so also you are partners in comfort. That's the way that uh, passage draws to a close. And I, I should mention that is from the um, Common English Bible translation. So, uh, Yeah. Greg, what do you got? Well, this was uh, a book that you actually recommended. I think it's one you used when you did a, a series on children's literature back in your church in Little Falls, Minnesota. Is that right? That seems, it must have been what it was. I, th I think it's probably a, a book that I stumbled across in, um, there was a little independent bookstore there in Little Falls, which I think is where I stumbled across a lot of children's books. Yeah. Well, it's a great book. Um, and I'll... Uh, I'll just read a, a summary of the book for you so that uh, you all have it. Um, so it's a, the book's called Grandpa's Soup. After the death of his wife, Grandpa finds himself day after day alone and sad. One day he has a sudden urge for his beloved wife's meatball soup. So he gets up and he goes to the store and sets about the task of making his soup. Shortly after making the soup, he has a company of mice arrive, and he shares his soup with them. Each day, Grandpa continues to make soup, which gets better as he recalls more of the ingredients. And each day, the pots become bigger and bigger as the number of his guests continue to grow. Grandpa looks forward to the next day when he will make more soup than the day before, with hope of having more company. And there is a uh, song that he sings. Uh, and each, that's how he remembers the ingredients for the soup. He makes his soup. The song becomes longer and longer as he remembers more and more of the ingredients that go into the soup as well. So 
Uh, it's a great, great little story. I'm excited to share it with you on Sunday. Um, but I want to, uh, yeah, as I read through it, it got me thinking about uh, grief and how we, we process grief. And um, of course, grandpa's grief is, is the loss of, of his wife. And, and that's obviously one of the biggest forms of grief that we experience as humans is, is the loss of people we love. Uh, whether those are spouses or um, parents or children or family members or friends. And uh, we've been dealing with a lot of that uh, in this era of COVID-19, including losing one of our own beloved church members to the disease. Um, and, and our grief processes have been disrupted because of COVID-19. Uh, our standard way of grieving uh, the loss of loved ones uh, through a funeral and through a funeral luncheon and those sorts of things have been disrupted and that's tough. Um, and the loss of a loved one is not the only grief we experience. We've, this COVID-19 has brought a lot of grief uh, to a lot of people, uh, disruptions of their lives, uh, disruptions of students' senior years of high school and college or sports seasons or things like that. And so it's just, uh, I think it's appropriate for us to spend a little time reflecting on grief and, and what it means. And this book brings it into sharp focus for us. But what I love about the book is it does start with a, a grieving man who's lost his beloved spouse of many years. And, and I think a lot, a lot of us can relate to that in some way or another, but it's how he deals with his grief um, and how he's able to manage that grief. And um, well, and to use scripture to sort of turn his mourning into dancing, right? That's another scripture I probably could have used for this, couldn't I? <laughs> hey, you still could. Still can. There's not still too late. Time. <laughs> um, so anyhow, with, uh, with that uh, sort of summary of the book and, and, and reflection, um, I, I, I thought of Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Uh, Paul's having a rough time, and he's grieving some stuff and, and suffering. Uh, and so Paul talks about suffering, particularly in in the opening to his, his second letter to the Corinthians that we that uh, Damon just read for you. And I thought there were some good parallels there uh, that, that I kind of wanted to draw out. Um, first, the reminder that, uh, that we aren't alone in our suffering. And so Paul says, may God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ be blessed and the compassionate father and God of all comfort. He's the one who comforts us in all our trouble so that we can comfort other people who are in every kind of trouble. And uh, it just made me think of this grandpa and grandpa soup. Um, you know, God is, is accompanying him in his trouble. And in turn, he turns his grief into making this soup. And in the process of making the soup is able to, to reach out to and meet the needs of others, starting with these mice, but then moving through the book each day, more people show up to share in grandpa's soup to share in, in both his grief, but also in the comfort that comes from being able to remember and being able to share. So I don't know. What do you think, David? Yeah. While you were talking about the, the experience of grieving within the, within the COVID-19 environment, one of the things that it made me think, like one of the things that, that I've, that we're missing out on a lot. And I, is that simple sort of like the simple sort of check-in that that folks do with each other when they you know you might you might run into somebody at the grocery store and and you'll have a little conversation about 
and and then you kind of learn about oh they just uh their uncle just passed away or um their mom isn't doing well or uh their kid is struggling with something and um and we we miss those sorts of ways of checking in on one another and i know that there's facebook but lots of times people just put the happy stuff on facebook and on instagram and on those sorts of things and um so i like the reminder of when we're all kind of behind our own doors it's easy when i'm behind my own door it's easy to forget that others are behind their own doors um and that life is continuing in all of these places uh, and folks are experiencing things and dealing with things in all of these different places um and i and i like the reminder of checking in with each other and that sort of thing one of the things that i also like about the book is it doesn't if i'm remembering it correctly like there's no it doesn't shame grandpa for feeling sad. Um, he's, he's just sad, as he should be. And, and hopefully folks will join in for the service um, and watch that. One of the things that I really appreciate the book is the illustrations. Yes. And the illustrations start, it's very kind of a grayscale. Um, or the very muted tones, um, almost black and white, the first several pages of the book. And then as Grandpa starts to make, he starts to remember more and more of the song, he starts to make more and more soup, he starts to have more and more guests. And the, the images get, they get more colorful uh, and they become more lively. And I, like, and I, I enjoy that transition from it recognizes the reality of the grief and the reality of the pain and the suffering and also the reality of the hope, um, the hope for healing or the hope for restoration or whatever, whatever it may be. Um, and so, and so I, I really like that connection. Um, it's Psalm 30 that popped into your mind. I don't know if you knew that or not, <laughs> but, um, that you, you have, uh, verse 11, you have turned my mourning into dancing you have taken off my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. That may be uh, that may be the other verse I picked to accompany this one. I hadn't yet uh, pulled one out, and uh, it sounds like that would work well. But yeah, there there's it's it's powerful, and there's there's a ton of really beautiful, simple yet powerful images in the book that I think relate to sort of this conversation about grief within the context of faith. So one of them is the pot of soup. So the first day that he makes soup, he's thinking he's just making it for himself and these mice show up to join him. But he, he cooks a, in a pot just big enough for, for him and, and I guess the mice. And one of the common themes that you hear from folks who have lost a loved one and are grieving is, is the notion of, of having to cook for yourself. Um, and, and so that resonates uh, deeply, I think, with people's experience of grief. But throughout the book, the, the pot, he has to keep getting larger and larger pots because he has more and more people coming over. And I think that, that that's a good illustration of 
one of the ways to help process and deal with grief is, is yeah, I'm now cooking just for myself, but, but eventually those circles will expand back out and life will look different. I won't remember all the ingredients that go into grandma's meatball soup. Uh, but over time I will. And in the meantime, uh, I'm not in this alone. Right. Uh, and so there's a implicit idea about being able to reach out to others in the midst of your grief, which I think is an important part of the grieving process. And, um, in the case of this book, folks just kind of show up, but it's important to recognize that, uh, we need to be reaching out to others as we're processing our grief and, and to lean on them. And then they will also help us perhaps remember those ingredients in, in the soup, right? They'll, they'll help us. Um, and those memories are an important part of it too. And then as you said, Damon, never losing sight of, um, of the hope that we have. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think also, um, you know, when all those folks show up, I mean, it starts with uh, the, the things that start showing up at his house are, are things that can't talk, at least not in a way that we can understand, right? So they're mice and they're cats and dogs and that sort of thing. Um, but when the, when the people start showing up, you would imagine that somebody is going to say, well, where'd you learn to make this soup, right? And then... And then that provides grandpa, this isn't in the book. I'm reading between the lines and between the pages, <laughs> which is what I usually do. But then that provides grandpa an opportunity to say, oh, well, this is a, I learned how to make this soup from my wife. And, you know, we'd always make it for this occasion. Or I remember one time she tried to make it and she forgot the onions or she left it on the, on the stove too long and it burned. And, um, that the then that the act of doing the thing um, provides also an opportunity for remembering who that person was and sharing that story um, is as an important part of that as well. Yeah, and maybe he told the mice when they first showed up too that they were probably pretty good listeners. My suspicion is that the mice are aware. Yeah. <laughs> And there's, there's also, there's even, I mean, and I'm not going to uh, try to do too much in one sermon, but there's a vision of God's peaceful kingdom in this too, right? Because yeah. the, the visitors are the mice and then it's the cats and, and typically the mice and the cats wouldn't be getting along so well. Uh, and then the dogs show up and the dogs and the cats, you know, and, uh, and so there's this expansive vision of this peaceful kingdom that gets built in the midst of grandpa's grief. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and maybe because of grandpa's grief, because he's, he's making this soup. And so that's, that's, that's where that uh, passage from Corinthians just really spoke to me um, that God is, is the one who comforts us in our trouble so that we can comfort other people who are in every kind of trouble. We offer the same comfort that we ourselves receive from God. That's because we receive so much comfort through Christ in the same way that we share so many of Christ's sufferings. Um, and so I just thought that Paul writing to the church in Corinth that was going through their own set of grief and their own experience of suffering. And Paul's reminding them, if we're comforted, it's to bring you comfort from the experience of endurance while you go through the same suffering as we also suffer. But ending on our hope for you is certain because we know that as you are partners in suffering, so also you are partners in comfort. And so that notion of accompaniment 
right? Paul is accompanying the church in Corinth through his letters. We are called to accompany one another in the midst of our grief, knowing that even the power to do that accompaniment work comes from God. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I think the tie-in with, with Psalm 30 will be really good because out of that comes um, joy. Yeah, it's interesting to think that um, Grandpa ends up offering this soup to essentially anybody that shows up at his door. Um, and any of those any of those mice, any of those cats or dogs or people, I mean, they could be going through their own grief process, right? Um, and, and this idea that, um, you know, cats and, cats and mice don't hang out together a lot. Um, but there is something that this, I think when we recognize that we have a shared experience with someone else, um, whether it's someone who would typically be across political lines from us or uh, sports fan lines from us or, you know, whatever the case may be, when we recognize that, oh, oh we have a shared experience uh, and it's, it's a shared experience of loss maybe or of grief or of, oh, hey, we're, we grew up in the same town. That's, <laughs> that's interesting. Um, those sorts of things help to pull us together, right? Um, and, and to, okay, we may, we may have this differing of opinion on, on whatever the case, but, but I can still see you in your pain. And I recognize that. And, and I want to accompany you if I can, or, and maybe you can see me in my pain and accompany me if you can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. I think, uh, I think I've got some good stuff there. That should be able to make a sermon, I think. Yeah, probably. Yeah. If not, we'll, we'll just, maybe you'll preach it. Just try again next week. Indeed. <laughs> There's always next week, isn't there? Well, can I close this with a word of prayer? Yes, please. All right. God of comfort. God of grief and God of joy. We thank you. We thank you that you bring us comfort in the midst of our suffering. We thank you that even in our grief, you are there. And we thank you that you don't like to see your children suffer. And so you are a God who, who brings joy, who can turn our grief and our mourning into joy. Thank you for all of those gifts that you give us, God, for the way that you accompany us in the midst of this world that brings us a lot. Remind us of the call that you've placed on our lives to accompany each other, to be agents of reconciliation and to help bring joy to those who are suffering. Continue to bless and guide the community of First Presbyterian Church as we both receive your gifts of comfort and joy and we become agents of your gifts of comfort and joy in the world to others who are in need of that comfort and in need of that joy. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Well, that should just about do it.
We'll see y'all next week. Until next time, toodaloo.